0: You know, I shared with Marsha be- a little bit ago that I generally get the jitters a little bit before I speak. But this morning, I've had a serious case of the jitters until the last song. So I don't know what it was, but maybe it just wasn't something trying to slow me down or stop me. I don't know. Something getting in the way. Anyways, this morning, Lee started... After the announcements, he read uh, Matthew 2, 1 through 6. I'm just going to revisit that here. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born of the Jews, born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 6 is a prophecy that is being quoted from the prophet Micah. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, the season where we look forward to the celebration of when Jesus came down from heaven and was born as a babe in a manger, the beginning of hope for all mankind. Today's message may seem a little bit of a mix of a message of Christmas and Easter but really how do you separate them and it's me anyway so I'm all mixed up so celebrating communion and starting to look forward to Christmas causes me to think of a song if you're not familiar with the song How Many Kings by the group down here you know it speaks of Christ coming down and leaving his throne and leaving heaven Um, Gives some good perspective for Christmas. It uh, speaks of his awesome and unfathomable acts of love that Jesus did for us. You know, like I said, he left heaven. He left his glory. He came and lived as a man. Um, He was tempted. He was mocked. He was scorned. Um, He gave that all up to come and to die for us and to be risen three days later from the grave. The sacrificial act of his death and the purpose of it was prophesied hundreds of years before in the book of Isaiah in chapter 53. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. We see here that he not only suffered the physical death, but he also suffered rejection and emotional pain. It specifically says that he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, received chastisement to bring us peace, and that his wounds would heal us. In our celebration of communion, this is what we just commemorated, everything that he suffered and endured for us. In the book of Luke, after Jesus was tempted... It is recorded that he read another passage in the synagogue from Isaiah. Luke 4.18 The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The prophecy in Isaiah doesn't name Jesus. But here Jesus says that it is him. He's proclaiming good news to the poor. That's us. What's the good news? He came for us. Christmas, it's what we're preparing to celebrate. He's proclaiming liberty to the captives. That's us again. He brought us our freedom. He's recovering sight to the blind. That's us as well, whether physical or spiritual. He's brought healing. Liberty to the oppressed. Once again, us. He's brought everlasting life in himself for us. We need to understand our position in this and who we are. Our position, this applies to all of us. If you don't know that Jesus is coming is the good news to save us from our sins and to give us hope, Then there's no time like the present to talk with somebody here today about that. To learn how on a personal level Christ came for you that your sins might be forgiven. To accept his gift of new life in him. To maybe put it this way, to unwrap the gift of forgiveness that he brought 2,000 years ago. And to claim that present for yourself. During the song of reflection before communion, it asked if you were hurt, broken within, or overcome with sin, come to the altar and receive forgiveness. The good news is that Jesus can handle it all. There's nothing that any of us have done that he cannot overcome, that he cannot forgive. If you know Jesus, praise God and hallelujah. Those are the only two positions. You either know them or you don't. You're out in the cold and lost or you're saved. Well, I'm not a huge fan of written prayers. Too often, they for me, they become um, religious and tired and they lack the relationship that we have with Christ. But a number of years ago, I became familiar with this one. Some of you will recognize it for sure. And this is just a, the first portion of it. My dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now to be restored in you, to be renewed in you, to receive your love and your life in all the grace and mercy I so desperately need this day. I honor you as my sovereign and I surrender every aspect of my life totally and completely to you. I give you my spirit, soul, and body, my heart, mind, and will. I cover myself with your blood, my spirit, soul, and body, my heart, mind, and will. I ask your Holy Spirit to restore me in you. Renew me in you and to lead me. I stand in total agreement with your spirit. Now, I don't know who kind of came up with that first, whether it was um, Dr. Ed Grudem or or, um, John Eldridge, but it's powerful to realize what is said in that portion of that prayer about who we are as believers in Christ. As believers, our position is under his blood, shed blood, under his sacrifice, the only sacrifice that can wash away our sins. Our position is under him as our sovereign Lord over every aspect of our lives, body, soul, and spirit. This is the only way to get through this life and to have a relationship with a holy God. Our position is either outside of Christ and lost or under the blood of Christ and saved. Now who we are. In the Gospels, there's a parable of the 99. Maybe it should be called the parable of the wanderer, which is each one of us. The one sheep wanders away and the good shepherd leaves the 99 to go rescue that one because that one is valuable to him. That one is each one of us. He's willing to go the extra mile to get each one of us, to save each one of us. In Isaiah 53, 6, it refers to the sheep wandering away also. We are the one that wandered away. Every last one of us at some point in time has wandered away. We are the poor, the captives, the blind the oppressed fill in the blank with what applies to you maybe for some of us it is we're the strong we're the proud we're the smug the poser the wounded Some of us are really good about putting on a pretty face while burying pain deep within. Recently, I became familiar with a song by Matthew West called Truth Be Told. I'll read a little bit of the lyrics here. It starts out this way. Lie number one. You're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask you how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. Lie number two. Everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. Truth be told, the truth is rarely told. Now I say I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken. And when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it when being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall. There's no sin. You don't already know. So let the truth be told. There's a sign on the door that says, Come as you are, but I doubt it. Because if we lived like it was true, every Sunday morning pew would be crowded. But didn't you say the church should look more like a hospital, a safe place for the sick, the sinner, the scarred and the prodigals like me? Can I really stand here unashamed, knowing that your love for me won't change? Oh, God, if that's really true, then let the truth be told. You see, our enemy uses the same two lies on every last one of us. He wasn't called the father of lies for no reason. Number one, we're supposed to have it all together. And number two is that everyone else does have it all together. Well, the truth really is that none of us have it all together. We're all broken inside in one way, shape, or form. Hebrews 13.8 is always a great reminder for me of who Jesus is. And it simply says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And that might seem like a strange thing to think of as a a reassuring promise. But when you look at the fact that what he quoted in Luke 4 from Isaiah, Jesus said his purposes were to proclaim the good news, bring liberty to the captives, sight to the blind, and liberty for the oppressed. That was then, and that's now, and that'll be the same tomorrow. Let's look at a few more scriptures out of Luke 4, uh, starting in verse 31. And he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in a synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting... All those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And and demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus heals a man with leprosy and a paralytic. Just a couple of weeks ago in this very room during the praise time, there was a man that spoke about his sight being returned. And if you've heard his story, it's something else because the doctors had given him no hope. Right after this, Jesus encounters the widow on the way to bury her only son. The word says his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. He raised the young man and gave him back to his mother. I could keep going with examples from Scripture. Often we see where Jesus asks an individual what they want, what they desire from him before he moves to act in their life. There's nothing wrong with our expressing our desires. I look at that as encouragement for us to ask our Lord to work in our lives. Jesus really did come for each one of us. He is the best gift ever. The Word tells us that if we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. In just a little bit, you will have an opportunity to draw near. We need to earnestly seek our Lord. In a moment, I want us to lift our voices in song, inviting, and praising God. Praise truly is the highway to the throne room of God. Before we do that, though, I would like to ask for a few people to join me during that song. You don't have to leave your seat, but I just want you to commit that while we're singing that song that you will be praying, asking the Holy Spirit to come and to move amongst us today in a new way. To move on those that are broken and hurting, on those that may need healed, that we would, Go to him, trusting that he will work in those ways. Jesus didn't suffer on the cross only for our salvation. He says that we will be healed by his wounds. We trust Jesus for our salvation, but struggle with trusting him for victory over problems. We worry. Do we trust him for all of our needs? Do we trust him for healing? emotional and spiritual and physical it's kind of a funny thing as i stand up here with this all wrapped around my thumb because believe me as i drove to the hospital i was praying lord it'd be great it'd be awesome that i could just jump for joy and shout for joy and when i take that ice off in the er and there's absolutely nothing wrong with my thumb he didn't heal it right there i don't know why But you better believe that's not going to stop me from asking him to continue to work in my thumb. Paulie just said this morning to me, how's your thumb I'm praying for? I said, it's coming, but I'm still praying. I want to amaze that doctor that told me that I'll only have half or three quarters of a nail on my thumb. In a couple of months, whenever I have to go back and show her that, hey, there's a whole thumb and it looks like it's supposed to. And stand up and give glory to God right there in her office. Wouldn't that be great to amaze and baffle her and, and give him the praise? <clears throat> you know, another thing about my thumb, if I wouldn't have went to the hospital, what I would have done to treat it, the doctor tells me would have healed it from the outside in, but it only would have went so far. But what the doctor's doing and having me do do that do to it on a daily basis is healing it from the inside out, which makes it look a little uglier for a while longer, probably. But Maybe you've got something buried deep inside that God needs to pull a scab off of that looks pretty well healed to let you heal from the inside out, to let him in to do that work. Kind of like how we can be posers wearing a mask and saying everything's fine when every, when somebody asks how you're doing. Um, you know, do we trust Jesus with relationships? That's a really hard thing for me. I've got a relationship from the past that I really screwed up. And I've been trying for years to reach out to this individual they don't want to hear a thing from me doesn't matter that who I am now isn't who I was so that's you know I finally had to give that up to God still pray about it I don't so eagerly go running to try to do something about it I'm hoping that he'll create a place for that to happen our altar is always open Um, We don't always say that, but I'm going to say it this morning. If you've got something that you need to deal with, um, if you've got something you need to deal with and you don't feel like you can do it alone, bring somebody with you. Um, Feel free to come up here and take off that mask with Jesus and maybe with that friend as well. Um, If you would like to be anointed, that can be done as well. Um, if the worship team would please come, as they play this song, if you committed in your heart with me to pray, to go, to go to the throne room of God, to ask for Him to come in a powerful and a new way for us this morning to work in, work in our hearts, to work in our lives. Now's the time.